Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd So we continue from where we left off last week as it relates to the sharh and explanation of Umrat al-Ahkam specifically the book of purification the book of purification Today's lesson inshallah will revolve around al-wudu ablution and we are going to study the 7th and the 8th and the 9th hadith as it relates to Umrat al-Ahkam in Kitab al-Tahara rather, Kitab al-Tahara, the book of purification and uh, these three had narrations are selected for us to do today because all three of these narrations they revolve around the affair of wudu so inshallah we will try and amalgamate uh, the explanation of these two, these three uh, narrations, along with with the uh, um, the steps or how one does and performs wudu. So what we do now, we read the hadith, inshallah, read the narration from the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam regarding the affair of wudu. The first hadith that is mentioned in Umrah al-Ahkam. Uh, in this uh, affair of wudu is an humran mawla uthman radiyallahu anhu uthman ibn affan annahu ra'a uthman da'a biwudu'in fa'afragha ala yadayhi min ina'ihi fa'ghasalahuma thalatha marrat thumma adkhala yaminahu fil wudu' ثم تمضمض واستنشق واستنثر ثم غسل وجهه ثلاثا ويديه إلى مرفقين ثلاثا ثم مسح برأسه ثم غسل كلتا رجليه ثلاثا ثم قال رأيت نبيا صلى الله عليه وسلم توضأ نحو وضوء هذا وقال من توضأ نحو وضوء هذا ثم صلى ركعتين لا يحدث فيهما نفسه غفر الله له ما تقدم من ذنبه. And this hadith عن حمران مولى عثمان بن عفان عمران he narrated it from Uthman. He said عمران that he saw Uthman دعب وضوء he called for the water to be brought to him that he can use to make wudu. So then he poured the water in his hand. It was poured water in his hand and he washed his hands. And then after washing his hands three times, he entered his hands into the vessel, the right first. He entered his right hand first into the vessel rather. And then he put water in his mouth and water through his nose and snuffed the water and snuffed it out and spat out the water and he washed his mouth and washed his nostrils and his nose taking water in his mouth and in his nostrils and snuffing it out and spitting out the water then then he washed his face after that three times and then he washed his hands his arm from his hand up unto his elbow from his hands up unto his elbow thalathan three times then then he wiped his head he wiped his head then after he doing his head and then he washed both of his feet three times. And then he said, رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم توضأ نحو وضوء هذا. I saw the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم make wudu like the wudu that I have just done. He said. And then the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said regarding this affair of wudu, whoever does wudu like how I have done wudu. 
and then he prays two rak'ahs where the affairs of the dunya and he's not distracted in those two rak'ahs he's focused or she's focused in that, those two rak'ahs Allah will forgive for him his sins. In this hadith, it shows us one aspect or, or narration as it relates to wudu. As it relates to the wudu of the Messenger. So we'll deal briefly regarding some points that we can take from this narration, in fact. And the first point that we can deal with or we're going to deal with is the narrator of this hadith the narrator of this hadith and two people are mentioned in this hadith the first of them is Humran the first of them is Humran and Humran is Humran ibn Aban Humran ibn Aban and he is from the students of Uthman radiallahu anh and he's from the Tabi'een. He's from the second generation. And Uthman freed him. He was a slave that Uthman, he freed. And Humran became somebody of status. And he took the lineage of Uthman ibn Affan, عنه, as it is the one who frees the slave. He takes, they take the, the, the he's freer uh, in, in Sahat al-Tabir. Uh, uh, the freer, the person who freed him, they take his lineage. That's why he's called Mola, the one that was freed by Uthman ibn Affan. And he's from the Tabi'in. The second is Uthman, and we've, dis we've discussed and spoke about Uthman previously. And his name is Uthman ibn Affan ibn Abil As ibn Umayyah al Qurashi. And he was the third. Rightly guided Caliph. He was given da'wah and called to Islam by Abu Bakr. And I believe there are six others who were called to Islam by Abu Bakr from the illustrious companions. This shows the virtue of Abu Bakr. He gave da'wah to Uthman. And Uthman migrated to Habasha and also migrated to Medina. And the Messenger وسلم, married him to his daughter Ruqayyah. And when she died, عنها, Uthman married her sister Umm Kulfum. So he married two of the daughters of the Messenger. The first was Ruqayyah, then she died. And then he married her sister, the other daughter of the Messenger, وسلم, Umm Kulfum, which is why he's called and nicknamed the possessor of the two lights Dhunurain the possessor of the two lights yani the one who married the two lights yani the two beautiful companions of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ruqayyah and Umm Kulthum and the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned him being from the people of Jannah and he was loyal to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Uthman was a millionaire. He's what we would call today a millionaire. And he gave a lot of charity in the way of Allah Taala. He bought well. He bought a well, which is in Medina, that the Muslims found difficulty in drinking. It was fingers owned by uh, the Jew. And then the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Uthman can do no wrong after this day. And he radiyallahu an was from the illustrious companions. From the companions who place emphasis as it relates to the transcription of the Quran. And he died in the year 35. And he was killed by the Khawarij. He died, radiallahu anhu, in the year 35. And he was buried in Medina in the Baqi'. He was buried in the Baqi' in Al-Medina. This is Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu na'am. After this we go to the second point of this hadith and that is the title that we can give to this hadith. We can give the title say Bayan kayfiyati wudu'i al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We can give the title as the description of how the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed wudu. 
how he performed wudu. So we can take from this hadith now some benefits. <clears throat> the first is the statement of uh, Humran where he said wadu, that he came and gave him wadu with fatha on the wow. Wadu with fatha on the wow is the water that's used to make wudu. So he says he brought him wadu. He brought him wadu. Meaning he brought him the water that is used to do wudu. And it's, it was said that he brought it in a tumbler, small container. Which shows you the way of the companions that they didn't waste water when they were doing wudu. It was a small container that he'd used, he, he, he made wudu from. And it was wadu with fatha. Wadu means the water that was used. Wudu with dhamma is the act of doing wudu. The performing of ablution. Which is why the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said. Man tawadda'a nahwa wudu'i. Man tawadda'a nahwa wudu'i. Whoever does the wudu that I have done. Yani the act of doing wudu as I have done. He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thumma salla rakatayni la akhir hadith. So here. Wadu is fatha. Just like tahur we studied and tuhur. Now. Tahur is that which is used to make purification. And tuhur is the act of purifying. So wadu is the water that is used to make wudu. And wudu is the act of performing ablution. Now, and after this we can mention some more specific affairs that we can take from this as it relates to uh, performing the wudu. And that is number one, it shows the legislation, barakalafikum, of washing the two hands, washing your hands three times before entering the hand in a vessel. So Uthman, before he started wudu, he uh, washed his hands three times. And, and in a narration, it's understood that Humran poured the water for him to wash his hands. He poured the water for him. So he didn't actually enter his hands initially. He poured, or Humran poured the water for Uthman to wash his hands three times before he actually entered it. And then he entered his hands in the, in the vessel after that. Showing that from the way is not to put your hand in the water straight away, or rather is to wash it. And obviously these days we have taps. We have taps, so that issue is, is not there. So, alhamdulillah, one turns the tap on and they wash their hands three times. But if you're making wudu from a vessel, tap's not working, or you're in a place where you just have a bottle, then you use the bottle to pour in your hand. And then after that, once your hand is clean, then you can put your hands in the water and perform the rest of the acts of wudu. Now, Secondly, it shows the legislation of a tamadmod. And that is that it shows the order in which we should wash our mouth and our nose. And that is the first thing you do is put water in your mouth. And then your nose. And then you spit out from your mouth and then spit out from your nose. The water that you snuffed. And this is the order in which Uthman showed us. That the Messenger Sallallahu did wudu. So put water in his mouth, your mouth first. And it's with that which is understood is ghurfa wahid. And one hand, one, one time the water was put in his hands. Uh, uh, so he put the water in his mouth and at the same action up his nose, snuffed it and then spat out and then took the water out from his nose and nostrils. Now, number three is washing the face. Is washing the face and this is legislated barakalafikum and this is legislated as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ and wash your face and in this hadith Uthman he washed his face three times in this specific hadith he washed his face three times and after that غَسَلِ يَدَيْنِ مَعَ الْمُرْفَقِينَ and this is an important point here because in the hadith in the wording of the hadith it says that Uthman ثم غسل وجهه ثلاثا ويديه إلى المرفقين. He washed his his arm. He says إلى in Arabic, which means up to. إلى means up to something. Okay, in the the original meaning of the word إلى. 
to his elbow. So some might understand it just means up to his elbow, not included his elbow. But we have in the Arabic language that the huruf jar, the preposition are used interchangeably sometimes. And from the sequence of the narration or the sentence, you understand the intents. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Siru fil ard. Siru fil ard. Allah says, traverse in the earth. We know that Allah did not mean diving and cracking the ground and then sinking down. No, it means Allah, upon the earth. So we have to understand it through the context. And in this context here, it means ma'a. This illa, it means ma'a. It means with, not up to, yani with, yani including your elbows. So you wash including your elbows. Your arms, hands included, barakallahu alayhi because it's part of your arm. Included your elbows. And Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, used to go into... Uh, he used to go into um, he, ex, he used to do extra, meaning that he would go far up his arms just to make sure that his elbows are included. So that which is mentioned here is uh, your uh, your marafik and your elbows included in that washing. It's including that washing of the arm. It's including that washing of the arm. And then after that, Masahajami Ras Marawahida. And in the narration it shows that the that Uthman radiyallahu an that he washed or wiped his head one time and we'll go into the next hadith to go into detail about washing how you how you wipe or wash your head I meaning running your fingers through your head one time he did it once I mean, the next narration will give us more detail inshallah so remember that for the next narration the issue of wiping the head okay now <clears throat> and Basically, in washing the head, meaning you take from the big, from the tip of your head, the, the front, all the way to the back. All the way to the back, you wipe, and then you wipe back to the front. And that is how it's mentioned in the, the, the funerations as it relates to washing the head. And also that which we take from this hadith is the obligation of tartib. And that is that we have to follow the order. It's the correct opinion, the safest opinion, is that you follow the order of making wudu that is mentioned in the hadith of Humran and in the next hadith and narration that we're going to study as it relates to performing wudu. And the next benefit that we can take from this is that this is actually the wudu of the Messenger wasallam. This is amazing. That, that the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, anhum, and from them Uthman, Ibn Affan has given us the narration of how he saw the Messenger وسلم, perform wudu. And this is indeed an amazing thing that we can do the wudu that the Messenger وسلم, performed. And we have it legislated and preserved in how in the sifat and the characteristics of how he, وسلم, he performed wudu. And no doubt, washing the feet as well is mentioned in this hadith. Washing the feet three times is mentioned here, inclusive of your ankles. Ma'al ka'bain. Not illa, ma'a. Not just up to your ankles, inclusive of your ankles. Inclusive of your ankles. And we've studied this affair of the ankle, wailu lil aqabin nar in the previous narrations a couple of weeks ago in uh, Umda, where the Messenger وسلم, says, Woe be to you from the hellfire regarding your ankles. Okay? Your heels, meaning that pay attention to washing your heels because it's an area which many are negligent regarding. So you wash your feet properly. You wash your feet properly. That which is preferred is that you use your hands to wash your feet. Run your hands through your feet when you're washing it. This is that which is preferred in order to, uh, to, be eff to effectively wash your feet and to make sure that you wash your feet properly. Now, and this... Narration of Uthman, he done this three times. Okay, he done this three times. <clears throat> After this, in this hadith, it shows the virtue of doing wudu. It shows the virtue of doing wudu. In that, the Messenger, وسلم, he mentioned that the one who performs the wudu as he is performed, and then does turaka, and he prays turaka. And that two rakah he prays has to be indeed a prayer where they have focus and it has sincerity, not showing off, not thinking of what game they're going to play with their friends, not thinking of what 
conversation that they're going to have, not thinking of a book, you want to read, not thinking about work, not thinking about anything, but rather focused on the salah, thinking about the verses that the person recites, the fatiha, the meaning of fatiha, the fruits of fatiha, consuming and, and consuming the recitation and reflecting upon that, focused, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive that individuals, their sins. And this is a virtue of ikhlas. And this is a virtue of having ikhlas and sincerity. And indeed it's a warning against individuals not being focused in their salah. So therefore the one who is focused and does the wudu of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they will receive that reward. They receive that reward and with it the sins of virtue. And this shows you, Ikhwan, the importance of studying the fear of wudu. As we have um, many from the deviant groups, they belittle the studying of how to do wudu and they belittle the affair of tahara as it's not important as they believe that this is not muhim here the messenger sallallahu has connected the affair of doing wudu that is sababun li so it means for the sins to be forgiven so isn't it indeed important that we study the affair of wudu and when we do wudu, we do it, barakallahu feekum, knowing that which we're doing is ibadah, is worship. And it's the wudu that the Messenger sallallahu performed. We need to study this. This is why we're studying umdah talahkam. Some people say, I've been praying for so long and I'm doing wudu. But are you doing wudu properly? And if you're doing wudu properly, make sure. By studying these abwaab, the ulama focus on this. The people of bid'ah, they belittle these affairs. But the people of sunnah, they are people of servitude. The people of Ubudiyah. Ubudiyah. They are people of servitude. We deal with every aspect of the deen. All you who believe enter into Islam completely. So we deal with various affairs. We study fiqh. We study manhaj. We study the methodology. We study aqidah. We study all of the affairs of the religion. This beautiful religion that Allah Taala has blessed us with. This sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That has been preserved. The Quran and the Sunnah that's been preserved. We study this and we enjoy it. It's the light of our hearts. It's that which makes our hearts flutter. When we hear the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, like this. On how he done wudu. And how he وسلم, prepared to work, pray to Allah. Wa For the individual who wants the khair in this life and the hereafter. No doubt they need to focus and study these affairs. So here he shows you the virtues of the wudu al-kamil. The person who does and performs wudu effectively. That they indeed will be from, this is indeed from the means in which the individual can receive forgiveness from Allah ta'ala. After that we go to the next hadith, which is connected to wudu again. And then inshallah I'm going to mention six general points as it relates to wudu uh, as a form of conclusion inshallah. For us to jot down and, and, and uh, be acquainted with inshallah and reminded for those who know. Al-hadith al-thamin. The eighth hadith and Amr ibn Yahya al Mazini and Abihi, and that is Amr ibn Yahya al Mazini. He narrated from his father Yahya. So Amr narrated from his father Yahya. Shahid to Amr ibn Abi al Hassan, and his father said that I witnessed Abdullah or Amr ibn Abi al Hassan. Amr ibn Abi Hassan, I witnessed him, Sa'ala Abdullah ibn Zayd, ask Abdullah ibn Zayd, radiyallahu an, an wudu al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as it relates to the wudu of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how he uh, performed wudu. So what happened was that Zayd, Abdullah ibn Zayd, da'a bi tawrin, or tawrin, he called for some type of uh, pot to be brought with him in ma'in, that we brought to him that has water, a pot that has water. فَتَوَضَّأَ لَهُمْ وُدُوءَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ So then he performed for them and showed them a demonstration to them as it relates, or for them as it relates to the wudu of the messenger, the Prophet فَأَكْفَى عَلَى يَدَيْهِ مِنْ تَوْرِ فَغَاصَلَ يَدَيْهِ ثَلَاثًا ثُمَّ أَدْخَلَ يَدَهُ فِي التَّوْرِ 
فمضمضة واستنشق واستنثر ثلاثا بثلاث غرفات ثم أدخل يده في الطور فغسل وجهه ثلاثا ثم أدخل يديه فغسلهما مرتين إلى المرفقين ثم أدخل يديه فمسح بهما رأسه فأقبل بهما وأدبر مرة واحدة ثم غسل رجليه وفي رواية بدأ بمقدم رأسه حتى ذهب بهما إلى قفاه ثم ردهما حتى رجع إلى المكان الذي بدأ منه وفي رواية أتانا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فأخرج, فأخرج لنا وأخرجنا له ماء في طور من صفر متفق عليه So the general قصه story here is that Abdullah ibn Zayd demonstrated the way of doing wudu So he asked for them to give him this pot containing water and then in front of them he performed the wudu like the Messenger Salah said and performed. So then he poured water again over his hands just like Uthman did. Initial thing he poured water over his hand. He didn't put his hands in the, in the vessel. He poured water over his hands, washing his hands like Uthman did. Like the Messenger Salah Salam did also. And then after washing his hands three times he put his hands in the pot and rinsed his mouth. Again, you see the order, same order as, as uh, Uthman. He, uh, he washed his hands and then after washing his hands, he put his hands in the container and then washed his mouth and washed his nose by putting water in it and snuffing it out. He done this with three handfuls. In the first hadith of Uthman, he done it with one handful. So that shows that Uthman saw the Messenger وسلم, do one handful into his mouth once. And likewise, Abdullah ibn Zayd saw the Messenger وسلم, do it three times. So he shows that both of them are permissible. So you can either do it once or you can do it three times. And this is the benefit of combining all the narrations of the Messenger وسلم. It doesn't have to be just once. It can be once is the minimum and three is, is the maximum. Okay. And then he put his hands in the pot and rinsed his mouth and washed his nose, okay, blowing it out with three handfuls of water. And then he put his hands in the container again and then washed his face three times. He washed his face three times. So he washed his face three times in the hadith of Uthman and likewise in this hadith. And then he washed his arms, radiallahu anhu. Inclusive with his elbows, you know, including his elbow, he done this twice. In the hadith of Uthman, it was done three times. So it shows it's permissible to do both. Maximum being one and the uh, three times and the minimum times being one. So it shows the variation of the wudu of the Messenger وسلم, in washing the arm. In that, here in this hadith of Abdullah uh, ibn Zaid, he said that he saw the Messenger وسلم, wash. Barakallahu feekum, uh, his arms up uh, and inclusive, including his elbow three times compared to twice, which was, uh, sorry, twice compared to three times that was mentioned by uh, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu And then he put his hands in the water again and then he passed his hands through his head. Now this is the detail now. Bringing them from the front to the back rear end of his head once. So he started in the front of his, the, the tip of the front of his head, that which is the beginning of the, the head, the top, just, just after the forehead, and then he rubbed his hair all the way back, and then he returned it again in another narration mentioned here. So he done it back and then brought it to the front again. And he done this once. And he done this once. And this is also that which is mentioned in the uh, hadith of Uthman. Radiyallahu anhu. And then after that he, barakallahu feekum, he washed his feet. Including his ankles. He washed his feet. Included his ankles. Now, and in another narration he said, and then he passed his wet hands over his head from the beginning to the front. And then taking them to the back of his head up to the the nape you know the the edge 
of the back of his head, which is the, the last point of one's head at the back. Now, just before the neck, from the front of the head to the last part of the head, which is just before the neck, the tip that comes after it is the neck. He done this and, and ran his hands back to the front, to the tip of his uh, head, uh, just uh, before the forehead, once. And uh, Nam, and that the Messenger وسلم, he mentioned that that which was brought to him وسلم, was a brass pot. Was a brass pot. So here it shows Barakallahu Fikum. We can mention a few benefits of Barakallahu Fikum as it relates to this amazing hadith narration from Abdullah or Abdullah ibn Zaid uh, radiyallahu anhu. First point that we're going to mention, and we've dealt with many of the issues. Uh, as we were going through the narration, which I found uh, better for us to do so. The first is the, the narrators in this hadith. The narrators in this hadith. First is Amr ibn Yahya al-Mazini, and he is from the Tabi'in. Those who came after the messenger, the prophets, uh, sorry, the companions, radiallahu anhum, from the Tabi'in, the second generation. And, in fact, he's, he's, uh, he's from the younger of the Tabi'in, he's from the younger of the Tabi'in, from the younger ones, so there isn't any uh, proof or evidence that he met any of the companions, عنهم, but his father did. His father uh, met uh, the companions, and that is indeed, he's from the Tabi'in, and that is Abu Amrin, the father of Amr. And the companion, Barakallahu Fikum, that is mentioned in this uh, narration, is Abdullah ibn Zayd. Is Abdullah ibn Zayd. And he's a Mazani as well. And he fought in the Battle of Uhud and after Uhud. And um, the ulama differed whether he fought in the Battle of Badr, but he definitely fought in the Battle of Uhud, radiallahu And uh, he died. In the year 63. He died in the year 63. So that's a brief uh, introduction to some of the names that are mentioned in this hadith. The second point is the al hadith. The topic or heading or title we can give to this hadith. Again, similar to the previous hadith. Bayanul kayfiyati wudu'i al-Nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is clarifying how the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed wudu. How the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed wudu. What we're going to do now, inshallah, is mention some extra benefit that is taken in this, or mentioned in this Barakallahu uh, uh, hadith, that is not mentioned in uh, the previous one of Uthman. The first Barakallahu uh, that we can mention here is that he did the Madmada and to Madmad and the Istinshaq and the Istinthar, which is he put water in his mouth and his nose. And, and spat it out and Barakalafikum snuffed it out with his nose. He did this with three waters, three handfuls. So he did it three times in three handfuls. As opposed to the hadith of Uthman where it was done once, which shows that both were permissible. The second thing also, Barakalafikum, is that he washed his arm up and, uh, up and including his elbow twice, whereas Uthman did it three times, showing it's permissible to do both. And finally, he mentions in this narration how to wash the head because in the previous narration he just mentioned wiping over the head Uthman was mentioned generally how to, wi uh, to wipe over the head or wipe the head and in this hadith of Abdullah Ibn Zayd or the Iran, it shows how to do it and he said so then he took it from the front to the back and in another narration brought it back to the front wiping it once. So this is an extra benefit in this hadith compared to that which was mentioned in the hadith of Uthman Ibn Affan radiyallahu ta'ala an. Now, after this barakallahu fikum, um, we will go straight into the conclusive part of this, today's lesson as it relates to wudu. And I need my brothers to focus and my sisters to focus because I'm going to mention them in points. And um, inshallah it's regarding uh, more specific details as it relates to the wudu. The first thing we're going to talk about, this is point number one, 
defining wudu. Let's let's uh, define wudu. Let's give a definition for wudu. Let's give a definition for wudu. And uh, the definition of wudu is istimal al ma fi al a'da'i al arba'a. وهي الوجه الوجه واليدان والرأس والرجلان يده وجه واليدان والرأس والرجلان والرجلان. And he said that uh, the wudu is using water washing the four parts of the body. This is muhim jiddan. So it's nice for us to just summarize it and that's washing the four parts of the body yani the face okay the two arms and hands included the head and the two feet these are the four areas that we wash in wudu ala sifatin makhsusa in a specific way yani specific way that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam did it so that's using water in the four body parts in a specific way According to the legislation, how the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did this and performed wudu. This is Muhim Jiddan. And that is that it is done as a form of worship to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. It's done as a form of worship to Allah. And this is an affair here, Barakallah in which there has been some differences between some of the ulama of fiqh regarding wudu. Is wudu worship or not? Is it an act of just normal practice or is it worship? Is it adah? Or is it ibadah to mahda? Is it pure pure worship? Abu Hanifa, rahimullah, he says that it is pure worship, which means you do not have to have intention. So if the person does the acts of wudu without niyyah, it's okay, according to Abu Hanifa, because it's not worship. But the correct opinion is that it is worship, which is the opinion of the majority of the scholars. And that is that, like uh, Imam Malik and uh, Imam Ahmed and likewise Imam Shafi, Sufyan Ain and, and the rest of the ulama, that it is, it is worship, it is ibadah, it is worship. And no doubt from the narrations that we've received, we've studied today is a proof for that. And that is that is the way the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did wudu. And likewise the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the individual who does the wudu, as he's done his wudu, and prays the turaka, concentrating, their sins will be forgiven. So this is a clear proof that wudu is a type of worship which requires intention. Which is why in the definition we say ta'ala. It has to be done with the intention and has been done as a form of worship to Allah. And the ruling as it relates to this, no doubt, is wudu is obligatory upon the one that wants to do salah or any act of worship that necessitates wudu. But it's preferred if the person basically just wants to be in a state of wudu, which can be done, is that throughout the day you go to the bathroom and you go to the toilet and then you do wudu afterwards so you can be in a state of wudu. This is indeed an act that is virtuous from the narration of Bilal radiyallahu anhu. Number two, the proof of wudu that we all have to memorize. The proof of the obligation of doing wudu is in Surah Al-Ma'idah verse number six. Surah Al-Ma'idah verse number 6 And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا قُمْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَاقْسِلُوا وُجُوَكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ وَامْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ وَإِن كُنْتُمْ جُنُبًا فَاتَّهَّرُوا إِلَى آخِرْ آيَةِ Where the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where Allah tabarak wa ta'ala He said, O oh, you who believe if you want to pray then wash your face, yani do the wudu. وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ And your arms إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ And wipe your heads and your feet, wash your feet, including your ankles. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the obligation of performing wudu when the individual wants to do salah. And uh, in this verse, one may ask, why isn't the washing of the hands before washing the face is not mentioned in this verse? And that is that here it mentions in this verse the acts that are obligatory in performing wudu. But the initial washing of the hands that Uthman did and also uh, Abdullah ibn Zayd, they done before they entered it. This is preferred. This is preferred 
And if one forgets to do that, it does not negate their wudu. It does not negate their wudu because of this verse. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned here, start فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوَكُمْ And wash your face. So it shows that the previous and the narrations that we studied today regards to washing the hands before, that this is preferred, it's highly recommended. But that which is necessary and required is uh, washing the face and so forth that's mentioned in Surah Maidah verse number 6. So we need to be memorizing these verses, or this verse, um, as it is the Um, and is the main verse and proof regarding Wudu. After this point number 3, the conditions of Wudu. Shurutu Shurutun li sihatil wudu. There's conditions that are indeed needed to be um, fulfilled in order for the wudu to be valid. And the first is al Islam. Wal aqal wa tamiz. And that is that the person has to be a Muslim. So if a kafir does wudu, it's not, doesn't, it's, 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 it's invalid because they don't have that tawheed, they don't have that shahada, la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah. They haven't entered Islam. And likewise, a person has to be mentally sane and sound and also able to distinguish between affairs. Meaning that if a, a child does wudu, we teach our children to do wudu, no doubt. And we want to we educate our children on how to do wudu. But we don't say, for example, if the child makes a mistake. I'm talking about a child who's under the age of seven, um, makes a mistake. We, we obviously don't... We're not so strict as it relates to that, but we try and educate our children from when they're young, free onwards, teaching them how to do wudu, let them watch you do wudu. But they not, may not have reached the age of tamiz, that age of, uh, being, of uh, being morally responsible. So they're not really obliged, per se, as it relates to wudu, but we teach our kids. <clears throat> B, or the second one, and that is ania, and that is... Aniyah, which is, as we alluded to previously, and that is having intentions. And that's based on the hadith of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi Actions are by intentions. So we have to have the intentions of doing wudu. We don't have the intentions to cool ourselves down for, uh, regarding, uh, to cool ourselves down on a hot day. To cool ourselves down on a hot day, we do not do wudu for this purpose. For every individual is that which he intended, or she intended, which is why in Umdat al-Ahkam this hadith is mentioned first. So we have to have this intention of doing wudu, that is worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, barakallahu fikum, we don't need to profess it, saying I am doing wudu in the bathroom, I can see myself in the... No, we don't need to profess, we don't need to mention the wudu, because mahalu al-qalb. We don't have to mention intention for wudu. Because the intention, because the place of the intention is in the heart. We do not profess it out loud as it's not been done by the Messenger. After that, Al-Ma'ud And that is Tuhur. We have to have pure water. As we've studied a few weeks ago from that, condition is that the water has to be pure. So we do not make wudu and do wudu in impure water. The water has to be pure. As the one who does wudu in water that is impure, it is not valid. The next condition is izalatu ma yumna wusulul ma al bashara, and that is that we remove anything that covers our skin from uh, it receiving or touching water. So, for example, if somebody has flour, you've been baking and you have flour in your hands, you wash the flour out of your hands because your water, your skin has to touch water. Your skin has to touch water. So if you have flour or anything of its like, or the, the woman has a, a nail varnish, it needs to be taken off. Because all of the hands and the fingers and the arms, they have to touch water. The skin parts of those areas that are mentioned uh, in, the, in the verse in Surah Ma'idah has to touch water. They have to touch water. After that, istijmara ul istinja in the wujudi sababihima lima taqaddam. And like we've done, studied before, relieving yourself effectively in the bathroom, meaning that you wash yourself properly istinja after using the bathroom and using the toilet, going to the toilet, and likewise, uh, or using uh, 
uh, uh, gravel or, or, or earth, uh, stones rather, uh, or that which substitutes it like tissue with the intent that the area has to be cleaned effectively. That is a condition. If you haven't cleaned yourself properly and going to the toilet, then the wudu is not valid. Um, after that is mawala. And that is that you must make sure when doing wudu that the previous part of the body that you're doing is still wet when you're doing the next part of the body. Meaning, for example, that uh, you finish washing your face. You finish washing your face. And your face, barakallahu feekum, has to be still wet whilst you're doing the next part of the body that you're washing. You do not mean that you do not wait a long time, or any time in fact, between the different various parts that you're washing till it dries. Because if it dries, you have to do wudu again. This is according to the correct opinion. So it has to be, barakalafikum, area has to be wet, meaning that you don't take too long. You wash, you wash one part of your body, and then you go and speak on the phone, and then you come back, later. And then you say, I'm going to pick off from where I left. No. It has to still be wet while you're going to the next part of the body that you're washing. After that also, we have a tartib. And we've studied that before in the hadith of Barakalafikum uh, Uthman ibn Affan. And likewise, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd. Is that we have to stick to the order of those limbs being washed as is done by the Messenger wasallam, Which has been witnessed by the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Okay, um, after this, uh, we're going to talk about the a'da. The next section, which is section number four, final section, we're going to talk about the limbs that are being washed. And this is, again, revision from what we studied previously today, earlier on. Um, and that is, number one, we have to wash the face completely. Again, from Surah Ma'idah, Allah said, إِذَا كُنْتُمْ إِلَى وُجُوهَكُمْ If you want to pray, then wash your face. We have to wash our faces completely, not part of the face, completely. And part of that face that is mentioned is al-madmada, and that is washing the mouth, and also washing the, uh, the uh, snuffing water in the nose and taking it out. This is part of the face. This is part of the face, as you know, which is why... When Allah says, and wash your face, it incorporates the face, nostrils, mouth. So we have to fully do this as it relates to the affair of wudu. And secondly, washing the hands to inclusive of the elbows. Again, in the verse it's mentioned, And wash your, your arms, including your elbows. And then number three, And that is washing the or wiping the head running water through the head completely and we shown in the hadith combination of the hadith of Uthman and the hadith of uh, Abdullah ibn Zayd the way that this is done the way that this is done meaning that you wash it from the tip of your fore, top of your head and well, adbar. and then you he would وسلم, would wipe it all the way down to the back last point at the back of his head and then he would bring it back forward again and uh, this is the muscle rats. And that which is included in this is the other name. As the messenger or the, the ears. As the messenger sallallahu alayhi said, Al-Udhanani min al-Rats. Very important for us to know this proof. He said sallallahu alayhi that the ears are part of the head. So when Allah mentions in Surah Ma'idah, in, in wiping the head, th that which is included is the ears. That which is included is the ears. And likewise in the hadith, of Abdullah ibn Zayd and likewise the hadith of, of uh, Barakalafikum uh, Uthman ibn Affan mentioning the wiping of the head that which is included which we forgot to mention is in fact the ears is in fact the ears the earlobe inside the ears and the thumb the thing your finger is in the in your earlobe your ear, ear hole and then you use your thumb to clean the inner back layer of your ears in the same motion in the same motion so we have to do that as well and after that is washing the feet 
الكلوس of the ankles وأرجلكم which is منصوب أرجلكم يعني فقصلوا أرجلكم أرجلكم إلى الكعبين this is a refutation against the رافضة because the رافضة they say that you wipe your feet رافضة don't believe that it's okay to wipe your feet but Allah سبحانه وتعالى said وأرجلكم and your feet which is an object with fatha arjulakum meaning fagsilu arjulakum wash your feet wash your feet ila al-ka'bayn and for a point of benefit there's another qira'a and there's another recital where it says arjulikum it's mentioned arjulikum with with kasra on the lamb so there's one recital with arjulakum which is fatha making it mansub ala fi'il fagsilu al-amr upon the verb of washing yani wash your feet and that is when you don't have socks or shoes on and then in the when it's got kasra wa arjulikum which is kasra in another qira'a from mash from wash from wamsahu bi ru'usikum wa bi arjulikum meaning wiping over your socks and wiping over your shoes wiping over your socks and wiping over your shoes and this is again important part of the Aqeed of Ahlul Sunnah that we affirm that you can wipe over your socks and wipe over your shoes and Barakallahu Feekum we affirm that you wash your feet if you don't have that and the ruling regarding that Barakallahu Feekum is no that is for a period of 24 hours after making the first wudu when you're not traveling you need to wash your feet take your socks off and wash your feet but if you're traveling the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would do this every three days naam if it's the third day he would wash his feet and wipe up until then when he has socks or shoes on the kufain with some type of leather socks naam after this tartib it has to be in order Everything has to be in order as mentioned in the hadith. This is important as it relates to washing the limbs. It has to be in order, uh, in the order that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he done the wudu. And finally, as we mentioned, that the previous limb, body, part that's been washed needs to be wet whilst you're doing the next body part. Needs to be wet whilst you're doing the next body part. So, for example, your hair needs to be wet still from wiping it whilst you're doing washing your feet. Whilst you're washing your feet, you do not wait until your hair is dried and then you wash your feet because, therefore, you would have to do the wudu again. Now, barakallahu feekum. And that's generally the obligations and the conditions as it relates to the wudu. And I hope, inshallah, it's been a, um, a clear. Uh, description of the wudu that we do and is based upon proofs and evidences from the verse in the Quran Surah Ma'idah verse number 6 and also the hadith two narrations that we studied today of uh, uh, um, uh, Uthman ibn Affan and likewise the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd the, th- the third hadith that we're going to do we can do that next week inshallah right? it's not 100% needed as it relates to um, clarifying the characteristics and sifa of the wudu of the Messenger sallallahu but next week we'll study the final hadith from Umrah al-Hakam pertaining to the, the wudu and uh, the Messenger sallallahu starting from the right and it's more general for all things not only for wudu we'll do that next week inshallah wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen